Our episode this week is an interview with teacher Kim Vogie from Placentia Yorba Linda. Kim came to our Lesson Builder Summit in September and sat down for a short interview there. You'll hear a little bit of background activity from the summit as well, so I hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, my name is Kim Vogie, and I'm from Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District. I've been an educator for 26 years. 18 of those years were in the classroom, mostly fifth grade, and then I was seven years as the math, digital literacy, uh, technology, other duties as assigned TOSA for my district. And um, then we had some budget cuts this year, so I've been placed back in the classroom, and I am a fifth grade teacher. So I feel like a first-year teacher in year 26. So it's been quite the learning curve for me. And um, I just love what I do. I do outside consulting. Uh, I have worked for EdTech team and the Q organization. I love presenting at the national conventions that we have and all the local affiliate events. And just passing on great pedagogy and tech integration for teachers. And Kim, you're kind enough to come to our Lesson Builder Summit today and voluntarily present for our teachers, so we appreciate that. You're going to be presenting about edu protocols. Can you tell me what edu protocols are? What's the big picture? What's the idea for edu protocols? Sure. So I went into the whole idea of edu protocols kind of on a whim. A couple years ago, um, before the Q convention, the author of the book and at that time president of Q uh, or executive director of Q was John Carippo. And he said, buy my book, get it ordered or delivered to your hotel, and I'll sign it at um, Q. I'm like, okay, this must be good. So I ordered it and I felt like royalty when I got to the hotel and they had a package waiting for me. And I started looking through it and I'm like, this is amazing. And I went to a couple of John's sessions and I was just so taken by the ease with which the edge protocols can be put in place in a classroom and the pressure it takes off a teacher. And so when you get down to it, an edge protocol is a lesson frame that is connected to multiple standards across all curriculum or curricular areas and you just insert your current content in there and the kids go with it. Um, they're not fancy, pretty graphic organizers. They're not filling the blank worksheets. They are having the students prove their learning by interacting with the text. And the greatest thing is, is that it's the kids doing the work, not the teacher. Um, I've had many opportunities to present about the edge protocols in my district. And uh, I started modeling lessons, which was the greatest way to show what a protocol is. I could go into a classroom and just have the teacher give me an article and we could cyber sandwich that article. So the kids were reading, annotating, uh, conferring with a friend on what they found were the important parts of that article and then turning around and writing a summary. And the first time's always rough when you do that, but over time, kids can do that in less than a half an hour. And it was so easy. And I could use that. I did that lesson three times in one day. I did fifth grade, ninth grade, and twelfth grade. And we had great results from all of that. And, and my understanding is that most of all of the edu protocols, they're not complete lessons. They're activities that can be done in... 10 to 30 minutes based on the time that you have. Is that is that right? Correct. The idea is that you have these short lessons that you can replicate over and over again because the best way we learn is through repetition, as we know as teachers. 
Um, but I don't have to write five essays to show that I know how to write an essay. I could write 15 paragraphs and over time get really good at the paragraphs and then put my paragraphs together and I've got an essay. So I'm uh, next week going to be starting a unit with my students on Native Americans for our social studies. And I'm not going to tell them that we're writing an essay, but we're going to write the paragraph about their traditions, the paragraph about um, their uh, homes and food, and the paragraph about their government, which meets my standards. And then we're going to tie them together as an essay, and the kids are going to see that, oh, with the three paragraphs I have, I really do have an essay now when I add the introduction and the conclusion. So it's going to be kind of this backdoor way to show them that they do, in fact, know how to write an essay. And I know John and, and Marlena like to liken it to kind of the, the reps in practice so that you, you repeat the same thing over and over and over again so that you get very, very good at it. Then you can implement it in the game when you actually are there for the performance. Exactly. That's um, kind of one of my favorite parts about um, the eight parts protocol. So there are eight parts of grammar, and I don't know what your teaching background is, but through working with teachers grades K through 12, I've noticed a few things about grammar. And starting in about second grade through 12th grade, we do nouns week, verbs week, adjective week, verb week, etc. And kids never get great at uh, knowing their parts of speech. So with eight parts, we give the students a fun picture. There's plenty of them out there. And I actually have students started bringing me memes and GIFs for pictures for eight parts. And the students uh, write down the verbs and nouns, adjectives, etc., all the parts of speech. And then they use those as kind of their palette for creating the paragraph. And when we do that once or twice a week or even more, over time, we're going to get really good at the parts of speech because I'm going to use that as real-time data to see what I need my mini lesson to be. And then I will see adverbs is always a stumbling block, it seems. So my next mini lesson in grammar is going to be adverbs so that I can see an uptick in that in the next one. So I'm getting real-time use feedback rather than fill in the blank or identifying by underlining and highlighting. And my kids are also getting the practice with writing on demand. Okay. So you've mentioned eight parts, you've mentioned Cyber Sandwich. What are some of the other ones that you've used that you that you really like? Uh, the, the best one I ever had to present on um, as far as the biggest challenge I faced walking into a situation, I was going to be doing one called the worst prezo ever. So as we know, as adult learners sitting through presentations, there are some really ugly presentations out there. And our uh, students need to learn good presenting skills. And so we teach that through this comedy routine called Death by PowerPoint. And there's a clean version. And uh, I was prepared to have the students come in. We watch this four-minute long video, and we pause and write down. I think there's about eight things that go into the worst presentation ever. And then the students actually create the worst prezo ever. So they think this is hilarious when you're going around the room saying, that's the most horrible thing. And so I knew I was going to be teaching all the sixth graders at the school, but I thought I was going to be rotating through classrooms. Well, the next thing I knew, the sixth grade teachers were marching in all 150 sixth graders into the multi-use room, all with their Chromebooks, and I was going to be teaching all 150 of them. And I, uh, this was the first protocol I was teaching, ever. I'm like, oh dear. So I'm like, this really has to work well. This cannot suck. <laughs> and so I, it was great um, because they were so engaged. It wasn't me just rattling off eight things not to do. They got to watch the comedian and it was kind of an old school. I mean, it's an old PowerPoint uh, version that the guy is using. So that was the, it's kind of funny to them anyhow. But then they got to choose their topic. 
something they loved or something they hated, and then they created their eight slides or their five slides, and um, it was probably one of the best lessons I've done for 150 kids all at one time. 150 sixth graders in one room. Engaged. Wow. And not goofing, not. Um, they really all got it down to work. I was so impressed. I, I was like, oh, this is this is money for me as a presenter and as a teacher. And I uh, used that lesson with my students the second week of school, and they had a great time with it. And now I just remind them, what are your good presentation skills? And I don't have to go over it every single time because that lesson made a huge impact on them. And that's I know, one of the things I've noticed from a lot of the, a lot of the edu protocols, and I, I know John emphasizes this a lot too, is do it do it quickly do it fast mm-hmm. because kids with downtime is never a good is never no. a good thing they don't need 45 minutes to do a 10 minute thing so just do it right yeah. that's why they for that one there was no researching that had to be done because they picked something they knew right the point wasn't to learn how to research the point was to figure that out so if you really sit there and dissect what you want them to get out of the lesson it makes your instruction so much stronger I think because you're going to focus on that mm. and it doesn't have to meet 10 requirements for that one thing let's get it done and get it get it down solid and then so we can move on and build on to better things right so a lot of these seem like strategies that ought to be taught in credentialing programs, really. Because when I, when I look at, the, at, at these edu protocols, I think back to the things that I learned about think, pair, share, and uh, uh, jigsaws, and different strategies that, again, could apply in any content area at any time. These seem like exceptionally well-designed versions of those kinds of universal strategies. They are. Um, I have uh, actually presented at Cal State Fullerton a couple weeks ago and had a student teacher come up to me and he was so thrilled to have access to the information and was getting ready to order the book because he's like, this will totally help me. I'm like, yes. Uh, I think... um, after being an educator for 26 years and seeing what teachers go through for planning and implementing new curriculum and new standards, that um, it seems we always turn back to the things that we know are good. And these are research-based strategies. They're all supported by Hattie's research, Sonny Magana's research, and uh, uh, the Marzano strategies, and they're all harken back to that good learning that we know that kids need to do, and um, like they're the anti-worksheet, um, because I, I actually had a student say, um, like, thank you for not giving us a packet, and I was so happy about that. It was uh, my first week kind of really getting at curriculum. It was, it was last week, in fact, and it was the first week I'd been planning in our new language arts series, and I spent six hours planning. I didn't have a packet or anything, but I spent six hours planning. And the first day we did these small group rotations, it was not good. And day two wasn't great. And I asked the kids, I'm like, could you give me some feedback on what you want? They're fifth grade. They can articulate that. And they said, well, we don't want to do as many groups. We need a little bit more time in the groups. I'm like, okay, let's do that. And that got a little bit better. And then over the weekend, I thought, you know what? I just, I can't spend this much time doing it. And I I told the kids, I apologized. Um, I said, you know, I'm learning how to do this. I make mistakes because I think that's a really great um, skill for us to do as adults and for kids to hear us admit that we've made a mistake. And one little girl said, Mrs. Vogie, it's okay. No one's ever spent that much time trying to figure out how not to give us a packet. And I I almost was in tears because um, 
I know, I mean, I've made missteps in my career. I gave out plenty of packets at one point because that's what I thought was the best thing to do. And my eyes are so much op more open now. And as Corey or Orlando says, you know better, you do better. And I'm really trying to do better with these edge protocols. And the kids are excited. I mean, I say it's time for Fast and the Curious, and they're like, yay. Like, they're asking for a quiz. I say it's time for a cyber sandwich. They're like, yay. They're happy to write. I've never had those things happen before, and so um, I'm just I, I'm kind of throwing out um, the the TE suggestions of our teachers edition, and I'm teaching standards to my human children who deserve the best that I can give them. Have you seen the second book, which just came out? What, a month ago, two months ago? I did. I actually got a released copy, which was really cool. Um, and if you look at page 152, you might see something uh, by this person sitting here talking to you. Wow. Um, it was very exciting. I have started getting into the um, new book. There's the random emoji paragraph, that, a power paragraph that is so fun. It is one of the most requested. Again, my students are requesting to write. And uh, we don't have any more uh, five-sentence boring paragraphs with the, par uh, the hamburger uh, paragraph. We actually, John, of course, loves a good food analogy. So now we do the nacho paragraph, which got added into the book, with, which is not your paragraph. So we take the paragraph from the random emoji. I copy and paste it and send it back out to the kids, either Google Docs or back on Socrative, and then they correct that students paragraph they don't know whose it is unless the student wants to say it's theirs but uh, then I get some real-time feedback on their ability to proofread punctuation grammar and spelling errors because Socratic doesn't check for spelling and so uh, that's been fun and as soon as I say it's time for random emoji paragraph they're like cheering and to the point that other classes are like, what is she doing over there? So, um, and I post a lot of what I do in my classroom on Facebook. And now I even have other teachers saying, hey, what was that emoji paragraph thing? Can you come show me? And so that's, that's the money right there. That's the gold for all our kids. Nice. Nice. Thank you for talking with us. And good luck for the rest of the school year. Thank you. Anytime. I'm happy to be a resource. Too many ums in there. That's pretty good. <laughs> Kathleen, Kathleen perseverates about that. <laughs> <laughs>